Welcome in to the Bro Four Squad podcast, where we're doing a throwback, if you will, a review on a movie that we saw in the theaters. Wow. Allow us, yeah, allow us to get our canes and <laughs> dust off our VCRs and everything like that. The movie is Uncharted. Marky Mark, Tom Holland, heard of it? And we are reviewing this, like we review all of our movies, acting cast, story, best scene, impacts on pop culture, and rewatchability. I'm Matt Geiger, along with Jeff Hornacek. So, I already kind of gave away, spoiler alert with the acting and cast, but Marky Mark and Tom Holland... Jeff, talk about them and whoever else stood out to you in this picture. So let's just say off the top, because I don't know if I'll put it in the title of the video. We have to go full spoilers here, right? For this movie? Yeah. Spoilers. So I'll leave, I guess, the big fish to you. I don't really know if, and I mean this as a compliment, Tom Holland right now is a very safe bet to me. Like, I think him at his worst is still really good. And I think him at his best... Like, he's never going to be transcendent, but he is a very charming and capable actor, right? He's There's red like, hot right now. He's he's like, I'm trying to think. He's like Hansel. Yeah, he's Hansel, but I'm trying to think like box office gold, you know, where... Like Freddie Prince Jr. in the mid to late 90s, But he's right? even more than that. Like, I, I don't want to say Christian Bale, maybe, once he was right out of Batman and he was in, you know, the movie about the... American magicians and, and shit that. and like all that and yeah. maybe like that but he's more poppy like he definitely gets more on the mainstream than i think bale who you know likes to lose 80 pounds and then gain 200 of it back for rolls but oh good for you holland's red hot dude i i would compare him to leo dicaprio just because he has that baby face he looks like he's 14 and he can play these he could probably play a high school role in like 10 years if he wanted to yeah and I think the nice thing about him and Wahlberg, we've seen Marky Mark, and look, we all know Mark Wahlberg at his best as an Academy Award caliber actor, and we know him at his worst as a guy who shows up for a paycheck. And we'll never knock somebody for taking a role for a paycheck, but if you're going to cash the check, I need you to give effort. I'm looking at you, Transformers, the last night. But I think having Tom Holland opposite him on screen sort of gives him a sense of like, all right, I have to give an earnest effort here because this kid is in the prime of his career or about to be in the prime of his career. And this role means a lot to him and he cares. So it would be disingenuous. It's like the veteran on like a playoff team, right? Like all the young guys are hustling and trying to make plays. He's like, well, I got to at least give my best effort. Right. Right. The only person I'll say that I didn't think was great in this was Tati Gabriel, who played Braddock. And I actually really, the only other thing I've seen her in is you season three, the Netflix series that I know cycling. I watch and she was really good in that, but here I don't think playing a villain or someone designed to be like nefarious and double crossing comes very easy to her. Because even when she was slitting people's throats, I never really felt intimidated by her, or she wasn't very interesting to me. If that makes sense, nowhere yeah. near as I did not think I would like Antonio Banderas's character Mancata as much. And spoiler alert: when he died, I was like, "Fuck!" I was really starting to like this guy, and we were getting some good shit, and then he went away. What'd you think? So uh, I, I guess we should first say that no one on this pod is a gamer. None of us has played this game. So yeah, I really let's take I know this, let's take our cast with a little grain of salt because like you said, when you said you didn't like the character, I'm like, well, I don't know what she's like in the game. Maybe she, I don't even know if that character was in the game. So uh, maybe yeah. she played her really well. I don't fucking know. So I'm just going off of this as almost like an Indiana Jones, like, you know, 
this is the story. This is the first time we're seeing it, and all these characters are being developed on screen. So I guess I'll just take it from the top. Tom Holland, we've already touched on him. Wahlberg, if you don't like him playing Mark Wahlberg, you're not going to like him in this because he's definitely playing Mark Wahlberg. However, I don't know who Sully is. I I haven't seen the game, but I don't mind him playing Mark Wahlberg because their dynamic together, I would have to rival it as, you know, Jack Nicholson and Leo in The Departed where kind of the old guard meets the new guard. It's just fun to see them interact. So I really enjoyed their scenes together with, you know, Marky Mark and Tom Holland. Going down the list, uh, Banderas, I love him and everything he's in. And yes, once... Once the going fucking got tough, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to see Banderas now. Then he gets his fucking throat slit, and I'm just like, shit, okay. I know. Well, I he finally got like a good monologue, and they took him out the, of the movie. The, the, one, the one that really stood out for me, and uh, I'll, I'll tell you why, but is uh, Rudy Panko. And going into this, I knew it was a video game, so I had... I had my guard down a little bit. I'm like, okay, so the acting's probably going to suck, which is weird because you got two of the top bill A-listers, but come on, it's a video game. The writing's probably going to be corny. But him as uh, the older brother Samuel to Nathan Drake, and uh, the young Nathan Drake, which I believe his name is L. Rubius, whatever, but they're acting back and forth. You really felt when his brother left, like he was going to miss his brother and everything. That was really good acting. So that first scene, even though you didn't have Wahlberg or Tom Holland, you had the younger version of Tom Holland. I was like, damn, okay, this is really well written, really well acted, really well directed. And I'm in. I'm like, all right, the first scene's out of the way. It doesn't have to you know, be the best scene. This guy set a tone, ding. Mm-hmm. And it did. It was a very well acted scene. And uh, Sophia Taylor Ali. I loved her too. Yeah, she we'll was get, really we'll get more in the story, but just as there's no honor among thieves, I thought each one of each one of these played that role fucking perfectly where you almost didn't know who to trust. And uh, I'll get, I'll get to that kind of later in like best scenes and stuff like that. But I love this cast for a video game. I haven't seen every video game movie I'll test, but it's one of the best ones I've fucking seen. I wouldn't have thought it was a video game when I left if I wouldn't have heard all about it before. This is a very well acted movie. Yeah, and last thing I'll say, my mom didn't, I saw it with my mom, she didn't know it was a video game movie, and I think they did a really good job of, there's some deep cuts and I'm sure some Easter eggs in here for the gamers, because I think there's at least four or five of these games on the PlayStation, but you definitely, it wasn't like such inside baseball that if you, because obviously we haven't played the games and we still got a kick out of it, right? So it wasn't so much to where like, well, if you don't play the game, there's reference after reference that you're like, what the fuck is that? I don't know what that is, which I thought was smart on their part. The other thing too, I'll say. So, well, let's just go to story. And sorry, real quick, I have one cameo that yeah. I want to mention that I didn't understand, but I looked it up afterwards. So, when uh, Sophia Ali's character and Nathan Drake uh, like fall off the cargo plane and they wash ashore, you know, there's that guy on the beach that makes a comment to him, like, "Yeah, I've fallen out of a plane before." Oh uh, yeah, that felt like something important, and I looked it up, and that guy's name is Nolan North. And he's the person who has voiced Nathan Drake in every Uncharted video game. So I thought that okay. was kind of a cool inclusion in the movie. Well, and apparently in the video game, Nathan Drake is way older. And Sully, <clears throat> the, the character that Mark Wahlberg plays, is like way older in the video game. So this is supposed to be like a younger version, I guess, yeah. when they first met up or whatever. So going to the story, I'll pass it to you. But for me, man, when I left, this is Raiders of the Lost Ark meets Pirates of the Caribbean. Now, I'm not saying it's like 
as good as those movies, but it's it was a fun fucking ride. And this screams summer movie to me, even though we got it in February. Obviously, mm-hmm. with COVID, everything got kind of fucked up on release dates, but this was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, and I, I keep seeing comparisons to like National Treasure, and I get that from like a a storytelling perspective, but I felt like this had like an energy to it and sort of like a kinetic pacing where it just felt, I guess, and I like National Treasure a lot, but it felt very like youthful and like there's still a lot of juice left in it to Mm -hmm. squeeze out. Um, And I can't remember the last time, like some of the set pieces in here, like the action scenes, I was like, you know, that's kind of cool. I don't think I've seen that in a while. And I was like, really, I didn't feel like it was some bullshit cgi fest like obviously there is a lot of cgi in this but i didn't feel bored or like nowadays we're so desensitized to shit like if there's like a crazy explosion scene happening like we can be like snooze but that cargo plane scene it's not my best scene but i thought that was really really cool the way they shot that and then even in the trailer yeah and i just thought the whole story had really good pacing like i've seen our 22 minute movies that have dragged more than this thing did and it was just south of two hours and i was with you man i was kind of just excited to see who's going to double cross who next Uh, i think it was a great amalgamation like you said of like a national treasure and a pirates of the caribbean and when the story ended even though i don't know exactly what's going on in terms of like video game uh comparisons i'm excited to spend more time with these characters so if there's a sequel i'll definitely go see it I'll say I I kind of shortened the story. That's just how I felt about it. But I don't think we've gotten really like a treasure map, you know, kind of Indiana Jones, like you said, national treasure movie in a while. And this was done really well. I Rotten Tomatoes had this at like 37%. When me and my wife went and saw it, she's yeah, like... Yeah, I don't get it. We'll get into that in Impact. I, I, I don't understand. I mean, this pod almost started because Rotten Tomatoes is just so disconnected <laughs> with... I, other than if you saw the video game and as a DC Comics fan, you know, pinpointing like that's not true. That's not if you're just a regular person that's never played this game. I I don't see people not liking this. I don't I don't know what the tiff is about it. I went in to have fun. I wanted a pretty good story. It leave me wanting more at the end and setting up a sequel that I actually gave a fuck about. It had good acting, had good action. So let's move right on to that. What's your best scene? All right, so I have two here, um, and I tried to avoid, like, the big action set pieces, even though I actually love them all. Even the one at the end with the pirate ships, which is normally the type of stuff that I don't like. My personal favorite scene, just because I thought it was a really good connective tissue between set pieces, and I just love, like, hanging out with these characters, was the scene... I can't remember the city they're in. It's somewhere in South America, but they get there, they devise their plan to go after Mankata, and the whole gang just hangs out at their flat and drinks like 11 bottles of wine together. (laughs) That was kind of my favorite scene. And at the whole time, it's like, we all know we're probably going to double cross each other sometime in the next 24 hours. But tonight, we're just going to get shit faced and have some fun together. And that was a really good and I think important moment for the movie to kind of take a breath. And after that, I was like, all right, you can throw the action back in my face now for the next 45 minutes because now I'm invested in who these people are and what happens with their relationship. And these are the scenes that in movies like this, they always try to pull it off to some degree, but it doesn't always work. And if it doesn't, then you're left with something that's like a a red notice on Netflix, right? Where it's like, yeah, we get it. It's action. It's big stars. But that alone, like, isn't enough pieces to the puzzle to actually make me give a shit. And that scene to me was what made this movie like a decent action film with some fun uh, set pieces to 
all right, that was one of the better movie experiences I've had in the past year or two. I'll just say I kind of had two, and it just they're really just tiny. Like you said, like we don't want to pick the cherry on top. Obviously, the plane scene is badass. The yeah. fucking ships was really well directed too. But I'll just say when Nathan Drake is trying to figure out, you know, the missing piece, and Sully kind of says, "Your brother must have known something," and then he figures out the uh, compasses are like, or the keys <laughs> are the compass, right? And then he writes down the coordinates and. It's it's such great character development because he trusts people. You know, he just he's in it not for the money, but for the chase and just the exploration. A lot like Indiana Jones. And then when he wakes up, he realizes, you know, the girl he's with stole the coordinates and left, but he put him the real coordinates in a bottle. Yeah, I was like, all right, this is perfect character development. This will lead him into you know the second, third, fourth movie, whatever that he's starting to get like, you know, he's starting to become a thief. He's starting. He's to not, not the naive young innocent. kid anymore. You know, like. Fool me once, shame on you. Right. And the second one is whenever he gets Sully's phone and he's just like, why do you have so many apps open? Which was funny. My <laughs> theater laughed. But to me, I was like, all right, that's, you know, some force, not force comedy. It works, but whatever. But it actually came around in the third act. And Sully's like, yeah, I never closed any of my apps. And that's the only way he found Nathan Drake to help him get the ships yeah. out. So I was like, huh, like a sometimes, you know, We've all been in, I mean, DC movies stick out like crazy, like just a forced joke shoved down your throat. Like, hey, this is for everyone. You know, we're having fun here. But to actually have that joke come in the third act and the only reason, I mean, because obviously Sully just can't show up. I mean, this movie is, I mean, damn near Ocean's Eleven where everything makes sense. I mean, they're, you know, they got the the rabbits just following the, you know, the pieces of carrot on the floor. So to have that joke come around the third act, I thought it was very clever and really well written. I, I really I was like, OK, I'm like that joke not only was not forced in there, it made sense and completed the whole movie for me. I, I will say this. If we're talking like batting average. Right. So like for comedy, I think you have to look at, at when I say batting average. I mean, like how many jokes does the movie attempt versus how many hit? And I think this movie was hitting probably like 750. Like it didn't go for a ton of laughs, but when it did, they worked for me. Yeah, they worked. Yeah. Always makes it more palatable as a fan. Like if they're trying joke a minute and you hit with a few, when you leave the movie, you're like, dude, that movie was really fucking desperate to get a laugh. This movie didn't feel like it, it was like on its hands and knees begging for me to laugh at it. But the jokes that it did go for worked, I felt like. For the I thought part. Wahlberg and Holland's dynamic. I mean, some people I was reading uh, reviews and they're like, their dynamic just doesn't work. They have no chemistry. And I'm just like, I don't know what people mean by chemistry sometimes. I mean, they're not Batman and Robin. They just fucking met each other. Like, I, I don't know what you mean by that. And sometimes it's written by people that never acted or anything. Not that right. I've and, acted. But... And I think their characters are not supposed to be best friends. Like, right. you, that's kind of the point, right? So if they're they're almost like two magnets, right? You try to press them together and they sort of resist one another. Like that's supposed to be their dynamic. They don't trust each other. And Nathan Drake knows the way that Sully approaches him. Like he has an ulterior motive, but he's so desperate to reconnect with his brother that he goes with them. So if they were just like buddy, buddy and like Starsky and Hutch from the get go, I'd be like, this is a little weird. Like that's against all of their characters instincts. I feel like. All right. So impacts on pulp culture. Um, I'll take this one first because uh, I'll probably talk about uh, you're not going to talk about this, but Wahlberg, I, I we give him shit and rightfully so for just picking like just money rolls. Like obviously you said Transformers at the beginning of the pod, but I want to go I back. By the way, a few on. episodes we played the 
Mark Wahlberg box office game. And again, all the ones that he took paycheck rolls for are the ones at the top, you know? Yeah. And he obviously just kind of cruised through it. And, you know, rightfully so. I would do it too. But I want to say one thing about him, pat him on the back. When he finds a project that he is interested in, he sticks with it, man. And you like, he's a disciplined guy. I mean, you can see fucking, you know, I think he's still a single dish of handicap. He's in fantastic shape and he's 50. But I'll say the fighter and this one. So the fighter, obviously, I think was like a 10 year project for him to get something off the ground, which helped Christian Bale win a fucking Oscar for. It was a fantabulous movie. This was actually, I think, first being developed in 2005, I read. Mm-hmm. And he was playing Tom Holland's role. He was like Nathan Drake. <laughs> yeah, because Drake, and he I stuck believe with in the this video and believed in it so much. I, and, and then he finally found his Nathan Drake. He's like, fuck it, I'll be Sully. And that that is really cool to hear from Hollywood where it's so weird how we seem, Jeff, that some of these just stupid ass like Clifford the Big Red Dog I mean, I, I like Sonic, but sure, let's give Sonic a movie because everyone's seeing it, it's like 30 fucking five. But on these, like, it, I don't get why these original ideas, I know this is a video game, but I've, I mean, I haven't seen a movie like this in a really long time. It's not a fucking remake. It's really good, really well acted. Why does this take so fucking long to get re- greenlit in Hollywood? Yeah, it's a little bizarre. And I know we, this is a debate we've beat to death, but it does bear mentioning again. So I'm going to read off a list. I, I put together what I think are the five best video game adaptation movies of all time and two things that jump out about this list number one how recent all these films are meaning that this is a cookie that's been really hard for hollywood to crack forever for some reason and number two none of these are really that good no. so that's that's again like a testament to dude video game movies fucking suck for the most part so i'm gonna read out a movie matt and you tell me whether you think uncharted is better than this film and i have five of these we'll start with any resident evil movie I mean, yes. I haven't played any of these games either. I'm not a gamer, but keep yeah. going. You played this next game, Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, yeah, it's better than Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Okay. Rampage <laughs> with The Rock. Yes. <laughs> uh, the 2021 Mortal Kombat. This is the one that was tough for me. Uh, I mean, yeah. Th- dude, I will rewatch this movie. This movie's fun. I mean, it's like uh, it's like a second cousin to Raiders of the Lost Ark. There's no way it's as good as Raiders of the Lost Ark, but it's... If I'm in that type of mood or a Pirates of the Caribbean where I just want a fun action movie, I mean, this is this is going to be in the mix to watch. For Might sure. not be the first one I pick. I'll say it's like it beats the 2021 Mortal Kombat by a nose for me. I, I, I will had, say a lot of people will probably say The Witcher, even though that's not a movie. Well, that's a series, but yeah. I uh, but that was really well done. Once again, I didn't play the game. And I, it's, anytime elves are involved, I usually kind of, you know, tag out. <laughs> but I watched a couple episodes. It was it was good. Cavill's good in it. Yeah, I think that's very pleasing to the fans of that game. And the last one I had, and this is a kind of a tough one too. Uh, either of the Tomb Raiders, so the Alicia Vikander or the original Angelina Jolie one. Do you think the Uncharted- original Angelina Jolie one for its time was good? And it's kind of similar to this in terms of like what yeah. Laura, the journey Laura Croft goes on. So at worst, this is the third best video game adaptation of of any ever made and i'll say this this is the one that i think has the best franchise potential meaning like if you make with three with or these, at the end i have no clue about any of these fucking characters and at the end when they show his brother and they're like still writing watch your back he's not getting his letters i'm like dude i i'll i'll see the second one right now if you have the fucking movie yeah. role ready to go yeah so the impact for me is and i think just seeing that most of these have come out in the past few years Hollywood has started to maybe not crack 
the cookie that is the video game movie. But they've started to realize that you need to make something that is not just for fans of the video game because fans of the video game like the video game. They might not like the movie. So Uncharted, again, my mom had no fucking idea this was even a video game, and she really liked it. That's how you have to Mama Hornacek is in, on PS6 or whatever they're on now. No, she's gaming not. for eight hours she's talking an, shit. She's an Xbox player. But even for me, like, I do play video games. I haven't played Uncharted, so there's gamers at home like, get out! You're not one of us! Which might be the case. But don't make it so muddled with easter eggs and like lore from you know all the games that i don't fucking know what's going on which they didn't do case in point it was very accessible and it worked for me so i was very pleased with that so that's the impact to me a very positive step in the direction for video game movies now sonic the hedgehog 2 might fuck all that up here in a few months but uh we ride i don't know i'm a it's it's really corny looking. I mean, we'll talk about it. we'll talk about that some other time. But I'm interested in Knuckles and everything. It looks badass. Yeah, Idris Elba's Knuckles. I'm interested. But to me, very pleased with this, and I'm I would definitely check out a sequel, like you said. Uh, so rewatchability are last of the five criteria. I mean, obviously, I'll say this. <laughs> I, I re- if this was on tomorrow, like I mean, it's like a snow day for us. I'd fucking watch it. Yeah. This is a perfect Bro Four Squad six pack beer and a pizza movie. Like, perfect. yeah, we got to do a commentary when it comes out for sure. Absolutely. And uh, the thing for me is, like, with all these films, I, I as rewatchability has become a category with the, our, all of our reviews. I think also like, rec- would you recommend it to someone? And not even consciously, I think everyone that I've talked to about this film, I've been like, yeah, you should go check it out. So that's the pretty strong endorsement because you know if I'm gonna put my stamp on something, uh, it's got to be something that I don't think people will throw back in my face. And I can we talk real briefly about these critics' reviews? Now I know they haven't been destroying the movie, but it's not been favorable, and I just don't get it. Like, what would get you into the theater based on all of the marketing for this movie, and you would see it and be like, "Well, that's not what I fucking wanted." It, I. This is this is what really pisses me off is when you market a movie and show a trailer. So what started this podcast is Suicide Squad is a dark fucking, you know, DC movie. And then you just pop the fuck out of it and Josh Whedon the shit out of it. That's what pisses people off. When I walked into this movie, uh, other than what the reviews, I was thinking, why is it bad? I was like, I have a picture in my head of what this is. It's exactly what it fucking I thought it was, except for it actually had a little better acting and a better story that I'd like to see a sequel on. So I was actually, I was, it overdid my expectations, but walking in, I actually thought, you know, this would be like an eight out of 10 movie with, you know, what they were pitching me and stuff. And it was, it was just a fucking looking for lost treasure. It had a Magellan, like an actual, you know, a realistic character in, in history. And it was fucking awesome. It's just like national treasure. And again, I haven't read, comb through every Rotten Tomatoes review, nor will I. So take this for what I have to say. But if the people, and this is a whole group of people that Matt, you and I have just never gotten along with, and we won't ever, so fuck you if you're one of them. And if you're not, let's get a beer together. But if you watch this movie and you say to yourself, oh, well, that fact about Magellan and his crew is not true, then don't fucking go leave your house, okay? <laughs> Do not leave your house. You won't be able to enjoy anything if you come into this movie looking for stuff like that. Like, so if that is the complaint of a lot of these uh, critics reviewing the movie, then fucking have a drink, enjoy fucking Uncharted, and shut the fuck up. 
Uh, yeah, and I'll say this just to close, man. It's like I was really surprised with the critic review, especially where this movie's only in theaters. I believe you can't get it in streaming anywhere. And this is a movie that brings you to the theaters. I mean, it's a movie that you can see with your boys. It's a movie that you see with your girlfriend. It's a movie that you could see with a you know seven year old kid. Everyone would love it. So I, I I don't understand it either. I had a lot of fun. We recommend you go see it. Um, you know, theaters need our support now more than ever. And they're coming in hot with, I mean, these movies, the Batman's coming, you know, Morbius is coming. DC's coming with a lot of shit this year. Hopefully a lot of it's good. So, you know, go to your local theater and support it. But this is a really fun movie, in my yeah, opinion. I agree. All right. So we've been the Bro Force Squad. That is our review on Uncharted. Check out all our content at bro4squad.com or you can get us on YouTube, subscribe. We're on Letterboxd, we're on iTunes, um, we're on Twitter. Follow us on there. And other than that, we will see you probably for the Batman review. Sure. Bought my tickets today. Yeah.